Hello and welcome back to Black Our Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We're back to discuss the penultimate episode in the miniseries The Fall of the House of Usher, The Pit and the Pendulum, written by Jamie and Mike Flanagan, directed by Michael Feminari. I really enjoyed this episode. It definitely felt cathargic in the last <laughs> in the last 10 minutes or so for both of the the patriarchs in the family left still standing i think they both very much got exactly the result they deserved. Before we jump into the review, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, get onto the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. If you want to send feedback, microcouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. Though I am most likely wrapping this up tonight. I didn't want to because I really like this show and it's the last in in a long while that I am going to be anticipating. So <laughs> taking a bow to it is uh, bittersweet, bittersweet. This is a, a 10 out of 10. I like that we got some answers on exactly what Verna is, what her what her uh her goals are or what her purpose is. And I think they answered it nicely with I'm someone who who likes to watch the avenues in which humanity travels and the people, particularly the people carrying pain and trauma and what they do with that. That's very fascinating to me. We are going to break this down into the characters for the most part, because I think they will touch on the the gist of the episode, starting with our man Roderick. And I'm going to give some appropriate quotes because there were so many bars in this episode, it's hard to write them all down or my hand would have been exhaustingly tired or my arm. And we all know it's feeling better, but it is not cured by any means. So the one I picked for Roderick was such a shame seeing a man like that reduced to a cliche, which exactly is the is the I don't know the the merry-go-round that end up being Roderick's life seeing that he came from a man that was and then became the man that was and even replaced the man (laughs) 
that stood before him all so that he can sit on the throne and continue the cycle. He was, or we thought he was, or he had the, I think he was at the precipice of being a good person, being a good man, being someone that Annabelle saw was a good person. And somewhere along the line, he became the stereotypical succession-like, dictatorial, absentee father, chasing women without condoms, and ending up married to a child with his star being in the portfolio of those such as Jeffrey Einstein, Epstein, did I say his name right? Donald Trump. Um, many other disgusting, depraved, multi-billionaire uh, megalomaniacs that have absolutely disassociated with reality. And now the only person they can put forth and offer this world is this is is the same type of fate that befalls all of these men is kind of what i felt she was saying with that quote the board is turning against him one he deflects so effectively and that deflection also comes in the form of anger. And when he finds out that Tamerlane is deceased, he blames the bodyguard. How did that even happen to her? What did Froderick say? Like, my sister killed herself with a fire poker. I'm not even sure how I'm supposed to even imagine that type of death and then he blames his sister for not being able to go after her never mind he never took her calls right something Tamberlin said to said to oh my god this whole entire episode I've been blanking on her name I'm gonna find it But she told her, yeah, it's not just you, everyone. He does this to you. He ignores us. (laughs) So he, Juno, he didn't even see his child before they died. And they were reaching out to him for solace, for comfort. And he wasn't there for that too busy looking at Egyptian uh, architecture and apparently visiting his his family home and doing a lot of shit down in the down in the basement which has uh, has us wondering <laughs> about Madeline's fate and so Instead of accepting the responsibility, as always, he tries to escape it. And I think that 
this conversation with him and Augie in front of the one person uh, that he owes the truth to and in a place in which he can no longer avoid the the truth of his actions the person he's become and he's being of course chastised and berated he says i am definitely getting a reckoning from my children and make they are making sure i'm telling their story correctly but at this moment he refuses to come to terms with it even when his sister is saying look i had her in my hands and she disappeared like black code mist and uh he just discards that i'm in denial so the board is ready to vote him out because they think he's lost his mind and of course the amount of tragedy around his family definitely feels as if the grim reaper is visiting <laughs> the tower and uh maybe we need to get this bad juju out of here uh, madeline's response to that is not so surprising no matter how much it hurts liar liar whore liar whore you know it she tells him that froderick is the swing vote Back in the house, August is worried about the rumbling in the basement, as well as the clock turning on by itself in such an eerie manner. He doesn't like that he is or seeming to be leading him on. He's not gotten much information other than the fact that they're going down memory lane in a way that in the beginning august started this conversation very stiff he wouldn't touch the liquor he was leaning forward and now he's comfortable in his chair he's got the liquor <laughs> he's been taking more than a couple of sips he's remembering the friendship they had and that time that they were in a genuine place or what he believed was a genuine place and that betrayal once again it's not just professional it's personal i thought you were a good person i trusted my gut which is what leads to the conversation regarding annabelle where he says i tell everyone there's no such thing as a good usher but there was one good usher and her name was annabelle and here i was trusting my instincts and i realized now that it was her that made me trust you and it's unfortunate and the one thing that gave me solace when i lost everything that i indeed did lose was that you lost her and Roderick says, fuck it. Like he's ripping off a band-aid to even admit that, yes, she was a good person. She was the best. And yeah, like that did hurt. Because Annabelle was truly 
a good person and someone who stood by and dealt with a lot from her husband. But as long as he was doing it for the right reasons, she could deal with juggling being kind of a single mom, even though she's in a relationship with the father of said children and he's impatient even though i gotta say that was the one scene where i kind of was like yeah um i asked you once i asked you twice mommy daddy is in the middle of some important shit (laughs) if i gotta if i gotta say it the third time yeah I, i i might be a little a little miffed I might take the the toy from you at that point because the siren is very loud and very annoying. And I know you hear that shit in the other room. You know what's going on out here. She was like, well, kids do make sounds. Very true. Very, very true. I'm not saying that's not, not true. So maybe they should have thought to meet up at the library. I don't know. <laughs> but I do feel as if his reaction wasn't that off the cuff but it was meant to indicate that he's grown distant and disconnected even further from his family and he's not even trying to be even though he acknowledges that she puts up with a lot that he's neglecting being a good husband and a good father uh and this is when he wants to leave Because he's done kind of playing into what he thinks is his game. When he finally convinces him to stay that you'll have me on several murders. And then he says that the, the way things have been playing out has not been for his benefit. It's like Catacel is one thing. What's happening to me in this house tonight? This is the end. Beautiful friend This is the end My only friend The end I think he said it was akin to a reckoning And that his children are the ones to Terrify him To make sure that he appropriately stays humble in his uh, confessions. And this time he thinks he's going to get a morbid image, but he's struck an even further blow by showing the moment in which his wife, like the last moment that he he had it he had the family the love of the woman that he loved more than anything the moment in time before it all changed where she's bringing his son to see him and tell him that he's a hero unfortunately that's not how things ended it's something that 
Verna talks about later with Madeline about the different paths that you can take being side by side based on the choices despite the trauma and the pain that you are coming from. The one part was funny when Augie, while shitting his pants, goes, you're just trying to scare me. Gotcha, bitch. So speaking of the past, he and Augie were studying hard to make sure they cover every part of the deposition, what you're going to be answered so that their case is airtight. They both say that they are fortunate to have people who truly love them at home. I love the generalized admission of Augie revealing his sexuality and how much (laughs) Roderick did not give a fuck. I'm sure that meant a lot to him. And it was a sign of intimacy, of trust, of an actual friendship building between them based on their mutual goal of wanting to do the right thing. And it's even more heartbreaking that afterwards, Annabelle, knowing that this means that he can lose his job, and you see him committing that, hey, he may not have the money. (laughs) You know, y'all might be on the struggle. Fortunato might come at you, but I got you. You ain't going to be in this alone. I will be in this with you. I will help you as much as I can. And yeah, they probably would never have been rich, but they would have, they would have uh, survived. They would have, I mean, clearly homeboy went through it and he's now what? the the lead prosecutor for the Federal Bureau of Investigation. So if you work hard, you sacrifice. Is that to say that you cannot regain your footing after suffering a blow? It's just whether or not you're willing to risk your, your soul, your morality for that. But yeah, This whole entire time, we find out this was a scheme cooked up by his sister to make himself, Roddy, an invaluable member to the company, Fortunato, by learning the entire case that the prosecution has against them, making himself its only star witness, which is something that Augie said, without you, I have no case. So because they hindered everything on his signature he's able to pull the rug right from under them during the hearing effectively fortunato has to make him a player or risk him being leveraged for the prosecution was it brilliant yes he was arrested and his only response to his wife was i told you not to come But the rug was pulled right from under her as well. You know, she got blinders on. He must have taken those kids from her. He had to. 
he had to she would never let her children go and i think the other women probably would not either unless he forced upon i can see him doing that you know she'd probably be like well i want better for my children well i these are mine because right of possession heirs the bloodline everything that seems to matter to them that shouldn't that was the history of many in power and i do mean power over entire continents uh yeah these are the results of when the the roots of the tree are corrupted the the poison the infestation spreads throughout the entire thing so when it dies it dies the rot and everything eventually is going to kill it but everything that that touches it is just corrupt and tainted because of the people that molded it so and these two man i love the focus that these two are not victims of anything they are the perpetrators of their own ambition (laughs) Uh, but in a lot of ways is it their ambition or is it is it Malin's ambition is Roderick nothing more than a not saying he ain't he's nothing but come on we know that she's the one whispering in his ear and sometimes the power isn't the person on the throne it's the people behind yeah and that's very true because if you can get the king the the king uh, the king the ear of the king then you can put forth your agendas you can puppeteer the man with all the power it's about your influence and so there is a part of me that feels as if madeline has utilized roderick as her her beard so to speak and roderick has done his part to win the approval to win the admiration and the respect of the worshiping goddess in his life that he has been worshiping for quite some time and then i keep going back to that bed and how they both were too damned grown to be sleeping in it together we'll talk more about madeline roderick counters also that well annabelle was truly a great usher lenora is the best of them all and she's still texting grandpa Juno has a scene with her husband in which she tries to convince him that getting off a ligadone would be the best thing for her. She has already had this conversation with her doctor. He confirms exactly what she's been told that it'll be 
three years of hell she'll have to be let off slowly and the side effects are pretty horrific but she's an enigma and a representation as i explained much earlier in the season and she's like yeah um i've been through a shit ton and i thought you saw that made me strong and that's why you married me and now i see that i was just practically an experiment to you like a unicorn like your body just soaks up the shit you're half ligadone yeah no the way he was dehumanizing her and that he still wanted to fuck her as well nope girl walk the hell on out i hope you didn't sign a prenup i hope you get everything like fuck it if i'm gonna be going through hell i'm gonna be at the best spa on the best beach (laughs) then we go back to roderick in his uh usual place nowadays which is in the basement staring at the wall looking at the mistake he can't take back the thing he can't take back the line that he crossed the price that he paid so on and so forth he's just staring he doesn't even have the will to talk anymore and he's visited by madeline and it's one of the most uh disturbing scenes as she encourages her brother who has very little left in willpower and can only do the last thing in which she begs of him which is to kill himself to save her like the king he is and she gives him ligadone and that's very apropos except verna shows up hello motherfucker Oh shit, that failed. That heifer tried her best to duck, weave, dodge. <laughs> Woo, she straight thought that, and Roderick thought that this was, this was going to be it. Nope. <laughs> you heard what she said. You both come into this world, you both go in out of this world so (laughs) stop acting as if you was getting out of your part of the deal let's go to froderick is well let's talk about madeline and then we'll go to froderick because that's just a whole a whole story (laughs) a whole thing madeline's quote this is my favorite burn you're a collection of impeccable elaborate mass in an orbit of a stunted heart i don't know you and i don't care to know you you basic madeline is a quintessential trump supporting white woman she she has all of the mastermind of a genius 
But all of the viciousness and bitterness of someone who feels as if the world was born not in her favor. Kind of like how Verna explained, or what was the right word I'm looking for? (laughs) Uh, When she told her at the bar that you're a queen without a crown, that you have, you're trying to make the world uh, yours. And yes, you've done things that are certainly worthy of uh, power unlike anything else that others have had but still you are kind of small in comparison I really wish that I was a Poe connoisseur that I would get the poem that she read because I got nothing (laughs) I listened to it three times and I was like wow usually I'm smarter than this but right now I I maybe at some point in the future I would love to get other people's feelings on what they think that poem meant uh because I didn't get that clarity either other than we build these things but in the end it all burns it all comes crashing down you can't escape the inevitable uh because it's the things in life is fragile um and that's that's as far as i got (laughs) madeline being the mastermind behind her brother's actions made sense not sure why i didn't clock it earlier that she was gonna do it not to get revenge because uh her brother was utilized or humiliated she's almost like oh dear you knew (laughs) that there was a game to be played and you did not play your cards right i'm gonna step in as always and fix it so that we are the ones on top but not on top in a manner of hey you did us wrong and now you shall have to face justice it's no you did us wrong now you shall have to face our wrath and i think she made that decision before (laughs) any discovery of uh or she solidified that after the discovery no 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 not the signatures uh when he talked down to her in the office Uh, Annabelle is shocked to realize that they were conniving behind her back all this time. And Madeline's response is like, oh, my God, I thought that this was an act like, oh, you know, you you suck this dick and a roof over your head. Like there's just this distaste she has for someone like Annabelle that is genuinely good because she never developed 
a heart. She never developed the empathetic skills and the nurturing skills even necessary that Annabelle has. And and it's almost like she looks at her like a pariah. Like if you're not getting something out of this, I don't even understand why you're letting the man fuck you. And I'm like, God damn woman. (laughs) And she's like, you're just someone I used to see in the movies. Like you shouldn't even exist, but it's because you yourself, Madeline, surround yourself with nothing but sharks. You can't imagine a world or you don't want to be associated in a world where good people exist. Good things happen without the need for such a maniacal board games. Uh, and then tells her that she should be happy because now she'll be having loads of money. She'll get a house in a year. Your husband will be out before the end of the day. We'll sue the friend that you just made until he has nothing left. It's perfect. <laughs> But really, this is all an entitled desire for this genetic dynasty you feel belongs to them. And because your father denied you, you've made it your mission to control and then push into the future your agenda in regards to technology. And while technology definitely is an investment idea and the idea of longevity, people have been chasing the the fountain of youth since forever. <laughs> it's a mute point, okay? Your body scientifically cannot last after 130 years and yes you want to consciously upload your consciousness certainly but i feel as if she has ideas that aren't could you never say uh that there's a thin line between madness and genius and i'm not quite sure with her because she's been tinkling forever but you would think at this point she would have more to show for her grand ideas or she's not realizing that what she wants takes time time that she does not have then they turned around this is the worst thing i feel that the children did was not only did they dethrone because clearly something happened to rufus and my guess is he's behind that wall the man they took down And the man that they were fighting so hard to reclaim their legacy from, the brother and the sister effectively morphed into the exact same person, the exact same disappointments. And they think because what? I brought you into the household and gave you some money 
um, and and trained you to be an ambitious, effective part of this family of this Usher brand that that was enough. Or there's the other side of things, right? That being born from that particular bad apple was always going to, was always going to position them where they would, they would be just as rotten another thought process uh any anyway they they did the the thing that rufus wanted to do but on a much larger scale and then stranglehold the board to keep themselves in power and that power is only now loosening with the death of the patriarch's family making him uh, seemingly losing sanity and actually loses sanity. She tells Pam basically offer the board my ideas. I'm really close to eternal life. Uh, that is something that sounds good. But I feel as if saying that she's at the tip of something that is going to take far, far longer than her lifespan and that it's really based in traumatic based fear. Her mother came back to life. The idea of eternal life is something that is stained into her psyche and has it's certainly been a part of her development. Pam says this must hurt you. And she says it's the hardest fucking thing I've ever had to do. She tore Annabelle apart which we already rather discussed, but Madeline got the last, uh, or sorry, Annabelle got the last word when she said, Madeline, you are so small. She is. She is. She truly is. <laughs> Woo! Did she come out in this episode to show her true and I like the fact that she removed the bun <laughs> as if she's taking her armor off going to battle. She tries to deal with the devil. I love that they were using the exact same chairs. And even Verna says, oh, it's set up for your brother. And well, she says the boys later, but I don't think they're mind. And that's when she tries to negotiate, saying, let's uh, change the terms. Not for my brother, for me. Woman to woman. I'm not a woman. <laughs> that made me think of the good place. But that's true. I'm not a woman. She's like, you don't fucking know who I am. She's like, I don't think you know who the fuck I am. And when she snapped her neck and she got her ass back up, I think she uh, finally got the message. You know the rules, and so do I. Say goodbye. You can't fuck with Queen B. Verna does admit that that was cruel. 
they have enough time to reflect in the afterlife so she offers her clarity which was that poem i think she's just trying to indicate to her that you are someone who is unloved uh you won't be missed by anyone i think that's what she meant by you're so small like you think you have so much importance and you walk around with this uh cold antagonistic uh ingratiating chameleon of a persona but inside you're just broken she tells Roderick to kill himself <laughs> after uh, she's like, I, I thought you offered clarity. I don't know what you mean. She's like, let it sit with you a while because I got an appointment elsewhere. So that's when she realizes after and he because I'm guessing that was because she says, I, I came here. She talked about her brother. And that's another thing. Her brother's pain is brought up and she can't even be bothered with that like he comes here he cries he doesn't even know why he comes here like do you really care about what you did to him the journey that you brought him onto into whatever the fact the way in which words are not really focusing well with me tonight <laughs> She doesn't get any clarity. She goes back to the exact same thing, which is manipulate herself out of it because she doesn't think that she can be beaten. She's the smartest one in the room. She is the queen bee. And her brother does as he's told. <laughs> to be king to his queen. Unfortunately uh she doesn't get off that easy i like the moment where she's standing all in shadow and i think that's the true reveal of the darkness that is madeline she's a beautiful woman she's so smart she's got her own talent but the the bitterness I know I've brought that word up a few times, but she has allowed from the times of her father, maybe even the, the teachings of her mother to allow a fungus to fester inside of her. And that has cut off her emotional tie to humanity. And now she's just right there in that moment. She felt like a parasite, a demon, something in the shadows as she's always been. And that's why she revealed herself to, to be the one. And if Roderick's like, you can't save us, then we're really fucked. And that's why he kills himself. And Vernon's like, hello, handsome. <laughs> Roderick would have been a poet, a broke poet. But a poet nonetheless. And then again, what poet isn't broke? She says she can see the past, present. 
She could see every path she could have taken. And it makes her sad that they take the path that they do. And she's just someone who sits back and and kind of watches an investment in in seeing uh, and being the consequence of... um, She's like, what did she say? I'm attracted to the pain and I could feel that on both of you, that you are both in pain. Let's move on to our final <laughs> usher, Froderick. His quote is, I am a repository of the hopes and dreams of an empire, which I think sums up the usher the Usher motto at this point perfectly. It's, it's a shit show. (laughs) It's an absolute and other shit show. Like the premonition when he was a kid, the cat swinging, he's looking at the tail and the eyes. And then later on, we see that coming back to haunt him, the windows with the cat swinging. Uh, with the not the cat swinging the crane swinging losing his last tether to anything uh, Frederick has devolved into the seething snake underneath feeling for more well with the feeling of having power for the first time in his life he exploits it in every way possible but particularly in his personal life and he takes inspiration from the only parental figure he's ever wanted the respect of and his father now gives him that attention he brings him into the room he tells him he's important it's just him he doesn't have to compete with everyone else that's better than And he knows that and it goes to his head like adrenaline, not to mention the other drugs he's indulging in. in Shout out to Henry Thomas. He did his fucking thing this episode. Him and Bruce Green, everybody's been on point this season with the acting. But, you know, my baby Rahul, he stood out. Tania Miller did her thing in her episode was really strong, but I gotta say (laughs) Henry Thomas and his last portrayal of a man who is no longer there (laughs) was, uh, with the turn of an antagonist was just so great. Juxtaposed to the person we had seen these last couple of episodes and it just kept getting worse and worse so it's just been a small trickle with him where he's just you know he can almost barely be bothered to to (laughs) concern himself with anything to do with anything he shows up he's a puppet he this whole season starts off with his inability to demolish a building and several others And even with things still going on and his father's uh, very hurt-cutting words about how he was responsible for the death of his brother, it's, it's not enough to shake him out of the stupor of being the lazy 
ineffectual offspring of of Roderick Usher and as the heir apparent it's gotta be a bummer I know I know when Roderick was watching his son walk out of that office and he was like it's only you (laughs) that he he definitely was holding back the bile you're a fucking choir boy compared to me a choir boy And he's dealt with it and dealt with it by shriveling further and further into his own, you know, uh, indifference, so to speak. But the only thing he did have, truly have, that mattered to his father was his family. Uh, He said the best thing you ever did was marry her. I think he truly meant it. Like... Not for the cake shit, even though I I get that now even more. Like she's into things that aren't, (laughs) that aren't tainted with uh, the ushers, which is why she was able to raise a child that wasn't, like she's as smart as them, but she doesn't have the moral bankruptcy uh, and that's just a, a really new meaning to him saying that. So he feels like he lost control over that. And now that's the only thing he feels he can have control over in his life, that it is absolutely dissipated before him. He's painted the room with poor Marie in there who must be smelling from the hallway because she's just sitting there in her filth and the wrap bandages posters of their wedding photo obsessively he's trying to reclaim that lost feeling of security he felt in his marriage like okay i i did this right but now that he feels that it was a lie that it wasn't genuine that the genuineness that attracted himself to her which is her smile and her seeing someone who's lonely and can need a just needs a friend that has taken his I could see that being his mother too right I found someone that is just like my mother and now that I see there is no such thing as that type of goodness. I now have permission to become exactly the person my father wanted me to be because a cuckold happens to a weak man. And now I must not be weak. I must be the man my father considers what is strength. And he's got that stunted growth as well. Like, I'll just come over there and, you know, (laughs) once again, the enormous amount of coke is not helping. He continues to drug her. And the people that should be noticing these things, the adults around that should be noticing these things, the friends around that should be noticing things, where are they? They're nowhere. They're absolutely lonely. They're isolated. There is no 
truth in their existence or trust. Uh, not, I meant trust. <laughs> not truth earlier. Roderick didn't even see uh, some of his kids before he died. I just realized that. We get an insight since he's a parent of his father of what it meant to be that man's son. And kind of like with Leo, when he had that outburst and he was screaming at him for looking at him in an almost, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? An inquiry as if to say, help me father. And he just, he's like, I was talking. That volatile temper that he has. Uh, and he was able to isolate these children and pit them against each other, very succession-like, even though I didn't watch all of that show just because of what was going on. I was like, no, 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 no. It was a very well-written show, but there's just some some holes I don't want to go down. If you want to test a bond, you don't have to break it, just crack it a little. That is not a healthy sentence ever to be stated. You should not have to test a bond. You should trust it. Um, if it breaks, if it cracks, you should try to repair it. If you yourself are cracking it just to test how it is, that's inflicting pain just to see how it wounds. Oh no! It's just in the in the in the guise of making you stronger. That no 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 no. That's like when uh, kids. There's this. So there's someone I know, I ain't gonna bring this up, I ain't gonna put their name out there, but they got a tattoo and it said, if it ain't rough, it ain't right. And I was like, but why should you have to suffer to be on the right path? Wouldn't you, if you're on the right path, be coasting through? I mean, it just plays into this idea. <laughs> <laughs> that hitting it rough is somehow a, a a path in which is the righteous one. And I don't know why that should be. <laughs> I mean, sure, we, we all get some rough weather, but we don't like think everything we do should have to be something we have to go through just to get like sometimes we could just earn it <laughs> doesn't need to uh, it, that's that's the the analogy i was making back on topic roderick's thoughts on keeping thy house in order you don't have to be a tyrant but if you don't want to be consistently cruel then you have to be sufficiently brutal at least once to establish authority and then this motherfucker busted out the pliers Oh, now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. You have fucked up now. Now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. In this moment, he feels as if he is being benevolent. You betrayed me. Don't know where your ring is. It's fine. I'll buy you another one. But if you take it off again, I'll weld it to your fucking finger. That possessiveness of ownership. 
that he thinks that she has no say in this situation is scary in itself. So when Verna shows up and he's talking on the phone, trying to get this construction project done that his father has to jump down his asshole to do in the first place. Um, and he took a call from the board, right? Repeating the exact same words his father told him. Verna shows up and decides she wants to get her hands dirty because he had it coming. Lenora then confronts her father. She was not intimidated. She's like, I found a facility that will take care of mother. Uh, why would you fucking do that? I'm sorry. Why would you fucking do that? <laughs> Some of the Henry Thomas was brilliant in this episode. The moment where he was trying to walk out of the room with swagger, but he just didn't, he didn't have it. <laughs> And then there was the moment where he's like doing the medications and you can see how erratic he is from the coke. I just thought it was uh, in his eye, the way he was looking at his father. His father should have known he was fucked up at that moment. But because he's just absolutely blind to the emotions of his children, he completely missed the psychotic man he hath become and so i should have known at the end of this episode now that i think about it that froderick was going to survive because he's having the conversation right now <laughs> with augie and he went to the funeral but i love lenore here I wish we had a little bit more of Lenore to see the brightness that she truly is. But in this moment, you definitely saw it. She's coming up against a tyrant at his worst. He's intimidating. Uh, he's channeling exactly the usher volatile temper. Telling her, you know, you're going to do what you're told. You're not going to talk to me this way. She's like, well, where are the motherfucking people you promised? Well, I bring them when you're asking. Stop lying to me, okay? I know something ain't right. You ain't right. This whole situation ain't fucking right. And you either go look at this paper and call because I'm not going to give up until you do. So he ends up running out of the house because he can't stand up to a 13-year-old. <laughs> Saying, I will deal with you later. So she goes to knock on her mother's door and eventually breaks it down and gets the police to show up because she know she she called that in as a domestic. I love the transitions in this episode. They were so well done. The banging from the door to Madeline breaking down the door in the basement where Madeline is dead as fuck. So, yeah, love that no matter the fact that she loved her father right is right wrong is wrong and he's gonna pay for his actions Froderick's trip to the site that started it all is the and also where Perry is that he hates the most <laughs> he wants to go find Maury's ring he's obsessed with find, finding her ring but he also wants to piss in the place where his brother died. And he tells them that 
I will give you the okay when it's time. But what happened when Verna showed up in the room is that she made him mix some of that paralyzing medicine with his cocaine. So when he bumps a little coke right before pissing, not only does he die with his pants literally down and his dick hanging out, uh she shows up to tell him you're gonna die in the worst fucking way possible because she imitates his voice (laughs) i love the different positions that she was laying at as she was talking to him like your father fucked you up yeah all you ever did was one is approval and i don't you know i don't usually get involved this much you know, I could have did this any other way. You were coked up. You could have just went off a bridge. But then you had to bring her home. Then you had to get the pliers. Oh, shit. You messing with the deer? The god deer? I'm about to fuck all you up. She says no one gets to see this part. Then she makes him look up and then we see his point of view, which was amazing as the ball is coming down. And then you see this one big rock and then you have the swinging. Oh my Lord. That was beautiful. Remind yourself that overconfidence is a slow and insidious killer. Wow. I feel good. I loved her ending response. Yeah, you were done dirty, but it's still no fucking excuse. I love this show. This is definitely Flanagan's best work. We do have feedback. Let's hop into the mailbag. What up, Stina? This is Mimi. This is feedback for The Fall of House of Usher, um, episode seven. Um, I know you just, I don't even think you posted six yet, but I want to hurry up and get this uh, done before I have to go back to work um, this week um, so I can finish and do the finale. Um, Hopefully, I can listen to uh, six and seven's podcast before I send feedback for eight and still remember, but I do want to listen. Um, I just want to just get this out of the way since there's only one episode left. I did like this episode a lot. Um, I still, we still don't know exactly what kind of deal that they made, but we do know that there is a deal that, um, the what I don't know that she I should say it ever say what the, the name was um, the female manifestation of I don't know what I don't know what that is a genie um, <laughs> um, it could be a freaking angel um, for all we know um, the reason I didn't think that it was Satan because when she said that poem, you know, when you guys were first, I came up with this, when you guys were first creating things, or something to that effect, when civilization was first starting. So, you know, this creature predates humanity 
somewhat, but we still don't know exactly what it is. But I feel like saying that it's the devil is just too easy. It might be something else. I know um, in different mythologies like Greek, Roman, Indian, African, not I don't know specific like examples. That's why I said African, even though there's a whole bunch of nations of Africa. There are different um, incarnations of the devil. There's different demons. You know, it could be anything. Um, it could be Sandman for all I know. <laughs> I just know that we know there was a deal that uh, Roderick and um, why am I drawing a blank on her name? The sister. Oh my gosh. I can't think of her name right now and I don't know if it's going to come to me and I'm driving per usual so I can't even look it up um, but we know they made a deal um, and it's time to collect um, I don't know what the I'm tr I hope we get to figure out what was the catalyst that created the cause for you know them to start was it because of it had to be Roderick's pending death Maybe that's the trigger that caused them to have to pay up for the services rendered. That would actually make sense. Um, because he's dying? Hmm. Um, and I'm curious to know what this deal is. Um, it clearly has to do with being rich. I'm assuming it has something to do with Augie. That's why Roderick wanted him there, why he's confessing his sins, why he uh, is starting from the beginning. Um, I'm thinking it has something to do with him lying for Fortunato. Um, that was probably the beginning of it. Um, Madeline, is that her name? The sister's name? I feel like I just made that up. Doesn't matter. But um, Annabeth, she was too good for Roderick and from the beginning. I just, I honestly don't know if I could even have been with someone who had that close of relationship to his sister because I felt I would feel like he would always pick her side over mine. Like, I, I didn't think their relationship was like sexually inappropriate or anything like that. It was just, he felt, I felt like Roderick could never do anything without his sister. Like, not saying that that's anything wrong with that, but there is a closeness that should naturally deteriorate when someone gets married and have children um not saying that they shouldn't be friends or best friends even but you shouldn't confide in something with your sister and not your wife like that's a, like i said a natural closeness that should just stop like you should be able to tell your sister stuff but the first person you should tell and want to tell should always be your significant other um in relationships where the sibling is the first person to know something um unless it pertains to like something to like the wife or significant other like you know it's a surprise party or this bitch cheating on me i need your help to come do some research something like that i get but like some big news happening in your life um you should want to tell your significant other first and not your sibling um they should be the second call um but not the first and I, I just I feel like if I was Annabeth I wouldn't even want to be in a relationship with someone who has that close of a relationship with, with his sister but she should know that his sister's always going to be the, 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 the final say so the influencing voice um, it sucks though that you know 
<laughs> she didn't see that coming with Roderick because I know I fucking did. You don't know your husband at all. Um, you think he a good man and he's clearly not. It, it's clear. Um, I get where he was coming from, but to me, instead of even going to Augie, I wouldn't have done anything. I would have just been like, look, keep me out of this. I, I need a job. I have a family. I need to take care of my family. So I can't be a part of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I see what um, his sister was saying. You know, now they owe you and you're the most important person in the company. I can see that. Um, but also I can see, granted they owe you, but also... What, what's going to happen if you tell now? Nobody's going to fucking believe you. So really, it could go either way. And I'm thinking that what they went to that bar um, to be seen because they did something to the CEO because he did exactly what I think he's going to do. And he's going to be like, bitch, I don't owe you shit. No one's going to believe you now, so you're a liar. And thank you, but fuck you. You ain't nobody except the bastard son of the guy's job. I now have so we'll see how that goes but I love how he tried to kill himself eating an entire bottle of Ligodone and she was like not today sir you ain't getting off that easy you gonna watch all these children die you no no not you're gonna watch because he because um his son uh, Frederick had already died you were gonna suffer the consequences on my terms not yours so wake the fuck up and I think him dying will probably null and void his sister's part of the deal because it sounds like she's gonna die too she has to die I don't know but um, I'm gonna stop talking because I, I feel like I've rambled on enough about that now let's get to the good stuff um, I was wondering what was going to happen when Lenore, Eleanor, Lenore, I think it is Lenore, when she discovered what her pappy did to her mother. Like, he really thinks his daughter is stupid. And I just, his whole, like, persona, like, of being a doting dad, I just didn't believe it. I, from the beginning, I was like, I just, oh, he just seems so fraudulent. And it just goes to proof, like... Yes, you you were under the impression that you loved your wife, but you couldn't have loved her that much because if you loved her like you pretended to, there's no way you could have done that to her. Grant, granted, I understand what like why he's so angry, why he's so hurt, but first of all, your wife is punished enough for what she did. We know she didn't sleep with um, um, Prospero, Prospero, but he doesn't. And even if he did, like, or even if his wife did, at this point, she, she's she's paid back, you know, by karma tenfold because her whole body's covered in chemical burns. She can't even. She's not. She's gonna be bandaged up for a long time. Um, in all honesty, the likelihood of her being alive after something like this is very, very rare because chemical burns, yes, on the body, but the inside all of her organs like it's covering her entire body people with that much that that much burn surface very rarely live so her recovery in itself is kind of miraculous but I feel like karma kicked her right in her vagina and she's paying for her sins but on top of it not only that she has this vindictive passive-aggressive ass husband 
who couldn't even be honest and let his daughter know that it, like it's like do you know what she was there for like I'm upset I need a moment to to be angry um, I'm not happy with your mom right now I'm happy she's alive but she hurt me like he's being sneaky being vi vicious but in a very pussy ass way like I don't I just I don't like passive aggressiveness like if you mad motherfucker tell me uh, say it with your whole chest be mad tell me why you mad but like this little tiptoeing thing where I'm gonna pretend like I'm okay around everybody but when it's just us two in secret because you can't do anything because I'm gonna paralyze you I'm gonna be a conniving little bitch and that's exactly why his death was so fucking satisfying like he pulled out his wife's teeth while she was paralyzed with the paralytic that he gave her because he was mad because he thinks she's having an affair with his brother who's now dead and his her smile was what captivated him so he's like okay you want to share your smile with my brother I'm gonna take that shit away from you she's already bandaged head to toe laying in a bed for weeks and you don't think that's punishment enough she's already suffering she's gotten paid back for what she did pretty pretty harshly and now you're gonna do this like I, I'm with the Grim Reaper she was like but you had to do the pliers like seriously why this wasn't even necessary but here we are and normally I don't get my hands dirty but today bitch you gonna learn today and she was like I could have given you a heart attack you could have it could have went to sleep and never woke up in your bed but no you had to get the pliers so his death was was very very satisfying the fact that he felt I thought he was going inside the building to see if he could find maybe her phone or her or not her phone her wedding ring um, like in the lockers or something but he only wanted to go in there to pee on the floor like that shit was so unnecessary like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> and then on top of that like then you snort a line right before all of that all of that shit was unnecessary you could have just got rid of the building on the outside and you you could have just been not having the most gruesome worst death ever because it was it was such sweet karma because not only did you give yourself a paralytic and you paralyzed yourself we know that you're wide awake because we can see your eyes moving and I, I'm sure I don't know if people know this but when someone has to get intubated where they put the tube down your 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 throat into your lungs so that you can breathe they have to paralyze the body because um, people will fight against it you have to be paralyzed so that it's not any any extra resistance people don't tense up but paralytics only make it so your body does not move it doesn't stop pain so they give people pain medication with the paralytic so that they don't feel a tube going down their throat only reason I say all this is because he paralyzed himself but he felt every last drop of what was happening to him and the fear that he was must have felt as that piece of being slowly went down his abdomen and then as it started to slice it was just it was such sweet justice and I've never been so happy to see one of uh, Roderick's children die 
I enjoyed every second of it. And then knowing um, Lenore knew what her dad did, and she's about to find out he died, I'm sure she's going to be sad, but maybe not as sad as she would have been had she not known how malicious and petty her father was. Um, So, yeah, I, I enjoyed his death. It was so sad. It was like... The, the, the amount of time it took for that piece of bean to actually slice him, like it was just long enough to give you anxiety and palpitations, like with concern, like, oh my God, how is this going to look? What is going to happen? But not too long to where you're like, oh my God, fucking hurry up. It was, it was, I felt like it was perfectly done. And it sliced it, so it's like, it wasn't just like a straight, like slit through the middle. Like when we saw baby Roderick baby Frederick um, when Roderick was having a hallucination what I thought was gonna I thought he was gonna get cut in half no no it was like a slow slice and it, it didn't even it didn't even cut all the way through him because the building came down before it finished I, I don't know everything about that was uh, poetic justice and it looked great watching it it was really good um, now that I've talked for a hundred years I will end it here Until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. Thank you, Mimi, for your thoughts on the episode. I don't have much to add other than I love how much you went into very methodical medical detail on how Froderick suffered. (laughs) I think we all were cheering. And I was making an effort during the podcast to, to be empathetic to what his story was. Uh, but in the end, I, I, I was cheering. I was so happy that he got it the exact way. And I'm glad he didn't even come off like this girl is on fire. It was just, it was calm, methodical, <laughs> just more like, you know, there was no personal relationship with me having to kill you. I even kind of felt bad for you. I got where you came from. But what you did to your wife, that shit's all on you. And what I'm doing to you, you did it to yourself. Love that. I love that she called us humans cute little things. I'm, I don't need to, uh, you know, as far as my perspective anyway, I, I personally... I'm okay not really knowing what she is. I agree. I don't think she's some, she's tied to any Christian mythology or even organized religion. It could be simply that she's an, an entity like many others uh, that, that consume our world that are within those organized religions. And she just kind of, like she's just a person of consequence. She likes to see the consequences of the human species. And then when she wants to intervene as far as, you know, offer a little extra here and there. Uh, yeah, I think that all she's doing is seeing after they've chosen a certain path, right? Because when they got to that bar, they had already done what they did. My guess is, like you said, probably Rufus act like an ass, uh, wanted to take them down. 
and wasn't going to give them the credit that was due and then they just took him out and he's he's in the wall (laughs) that's my supposition uh with your supposition as well uh so when you think when i think of anyway of verna in that moment deciding to offer i think in a way it was like okay they're at a point where there's already pain there's already things that have happened but interestingly if i get involved right now in this i offered them something will they take it or won't they so it's almost as if she just she sees an interesting situation and she wants to follow its uh through line particularly if if people take her offer but yeah, if they if they want to elaborate that on that more, that would be great to see the exact terms, especially since Madeline mentioned we both came into this world together, we both go out. Technically, one had to come out before the other, right? <laughs> Even if they are seconds apart, but I guess that's the point uh, that Madeline was was a part of this deal. And I think you're right too. Maybe I'm being way too I also have the hugest crush on um, <laughs> on uh, the actor that plays young Roderick. Um, for some reason, his name is escaping me right now. But you're right. Like he he isn't the man or the person we thought he was just because Zach Gilford, that's his name, just because we saw him through the lens of Annabelle and that you actually, that brings up a very relevant point uh, and solidifies my opinion um, listening to yours that, yeah, he's never been, never been someone who's been better. And even when, He's like, Ligadone's not my pill. The first thing he did was, Ligadone's my pill. He definitely has his own, definitely has his own um, pride in there as, you know, as much as his sister. And I'll be very excited to listen to your feedback on the finale. I'm going to watch it tonight, but I'll record tomorrow. So hopefully you'll have a chance. Well, you've already sent it in. So I'll be happy to hear what you have to say. And hopefully you had caught up since I had been taking my sweet old time. Once again, if you have any thoughts, feedback, like or catch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Till the next time, peace, hair grease, black or magic.